This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. History all over the place, including the Buccaneers getting a 13th regular season win for the first time ever and getting help like we theorized for the last couple of weeks. You would need help to get into the number two seed in the NFC playoff race, and that is what has happened now. What a great victory Monday to come in here after the end of the regular season and point towards the playoffs, and we now know the matchup will be with the Philadelphia Eagles coming this Sunday. Hello and welcome into the latest Nothing But Bucks as we recap what happened on January the 9th, 2022, the latest the NFL had ever played its regular season with the finale coming in Week 18, the 17th game, and the Buccaneers started off a bit shaky in the first part of the game, but this seems to be a pattern. We'll, we will take shaky early if it means rolling late. And that's what this team has done over and over again. Take that trade, Buccaneer fans, because the shaky start on Sunday still ended up 41-17 over the Carolina Panthers. Thank you very much. A season sweep of them, as I mentioned, a 13th win. And now the two seed in the playoffs by virtue of the 49ers beating the Rams right after the Bucs game was over. They were all watching in the locker room. Players, coaches, the Glazer family, the owners that were down there watching as San Francisco intercepted the pass in overtime to seal the win in L.A. And that means the Buccaneers will be at home at least if they are alive for the first two weekends, for the first two weekends. And who knows what happens with the Packers in their first playoff game. The Bucs are right there poised to either get a home playoff game in uh, the NFC title game if the Packers lose or go play a Green Bay team that they beat a year ago in the NFC title game. More on the playoff picture later on in the podcast. Glad that you found us wherever you found us, however you found us, Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com. Whether you found us through a social media link, make sure that you are always here on the day after the game. As I keep saying all throughout this season, it will be the case after the Eagles game upcoming in the NFC Wild Card Weekend, we're here the day after the game, usually uh, mid-morning lunchtime, day after the game. By the time we get the podcast made, all the highlights, all the interviews, everything produced, edited, and put out for you, the Buccaneer fans. A complete recap of the game is found right here on Nothing But Bucks. Spread the word. Many of you have found us throughout the season. Many of you have shared it out and spread the word. Keep it up. And again, stay locked in on the Buccaneers mobile app and Buccaneers.com. They're always promoting what the good content is. You can look under audio, under podcast. And again, if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you follow us there. The podcast pops automatically to your device whenever it is up and it's out. And so now let's get to it Uh, on a day in which the Buccaneers knew they could help their playoff seating, a day that they were looking to break some records, a day that they were looking to finish off a season strong with a third straight win, a day that was going to be odd from the very beginning. I got notified on the weekend that Gene Deckerhoff and and Dave Moore, our longtime Hall of Fame play-by-play voice, and Dave Moore, I had to thinking about this, Dave Moore has been doing the radio now with Gene for the last 15 seasons. Dave played actually uh, for the three years before that, returning after he had gone to Buffalo for two years as a free agent. So Dave was not here for the Super Bowl year in 02 or the 03 season. He was in uh, Buffalo with the Bills and with Drew Bledsoe for a couple of years. Came back to play for the Buccaneers under John Gruden uh, for the 04 team. 
So from the 04 season all the way through yesterday, Dave had been part of every game, just like Gene, preseason, regular season, postseason last year, obviously with a Super Bowl win. Uh, going 18 years in a row for Gene, going all the way back to 1989 when he began. It's the first time that he had missed a regular season or postseason game. He had missed one preseason game back in the late 1990s doing Florida State football. I had filled in a couple of times for him while he was delayed getting to the stadium on the road at both Washington in 2009 and Chicago in 2018. But this was the first time that Gene was not going to be there because of the COVID-19 protocols. Gene and Dave are both feeling much better, and so the hopes are to have them back in for the playoffs and this upcoming game for the Eagles. That'll be determined later on this week. All signs pointing up, pointing positive. Uh, kudos to Anthony Becht, the former Buccaneer tight end himself from 2005 through 2007, who played 13 years in the National Football League, former number one pick with the Jets. Anthony lives here with his family uh, here in the Tampa Bay area, does a lot of great broadcasting work. Uh, you hear him all over the radio in local Tampa Bay, but also nationally with Westwood One, ESPN uh, College Football, as he's done throughout his career. Uh, and Anthony did a bunch of work with us on Buccaneers Radio pre- and post-game. So Anthony uh, got the call. The bat signal went up. Becht was actually in Philadelphia pre-planned doing the Cowboys-Eagles finale on Saturday night to the regular season. Got back to the Tampa Bay area. Got back to Raymond James Stadium. And you will hear he and I making some comments here on the highlights that are upcoming. We've got the highlights, we've got the post-game interviews, and then we've got some uh, some analysis on all of the different accolades for the Bucs uh, off of this win. And then uh, it, we'll take a look at the playoff picture because that's the most important thing right now here in January. What does that playoff map look like? We now know as we release the podcast here on Monday, that it's not only a matchup with the Eagles, but it is an early Sunday matchup. There have been a lot of speculation that the Bucs were going to be a primetime game. Three primetime games Saturday, Sunday night, and Monday night on the NFL playoff slate. It's the first time ever now in the new TV deals that they have that the league and ESPN agreed to a Monday night playoff game uh, to add to their portfolio so that Monday night playoff game actually went to the Rams-Cardinals rematch, the third time the trilogy that they will play this year. That ends up being the Monday night game. The Sunday night game working backwards is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Saturday night game is the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. So the Bucks will slot in in the NFC playoffs Sunday, 1 o'clock. We now know that. And again, uh, there was a lot riding on, on this game on Sunday for a lot of different reasons, the most important of which is you wanted to keep keep the momentum going, get the win, and set yourself up to possibly be the number 2 playoff seed. That is, in fact, what happened. So we are ready to recap what went on in a rematch with the Carolina Panthers on Sunday, uh, again, the latest, January the 9th, that the NFL had ever played in its regular seasons. And we're, we'll kind of get into this a little bit. Anthony and, I were, Anthony and I were talking about it on the air, about the 17-game schedule and all the accolades and the records, etc., for 17 games. And you're almost going to have to have a distinction in the record book, the Buccaneer record book and the NFL record book, because the season's now longer. For the first time in, what, 44 NFL seasons, you're not playing 16 games. We knew this. You're playing 17 games. So when a record falls in a 17th game, when you're breaking it with the 17th game, I can totally understand that players playing in the 80s and the 90s that maybe had one of those records are saying, what the heck? 
That's a 17th game. That's a longer season than what we had. Just like when the NFL played 14 games for so many years in the 60s and the 70s before they increased to the 16 games, there were records being set, particularly rushing records. O.J. Simpson, remember, for the longest time had the rushing record. It was a 14-game record. Eric Dickerson eventually got the 16-game record, which still stands today at over 2,100 rushing yards. So the 14-game schedule versus the 16-game schedule, now the 17-game schedule. Well, the 17th game came against Carolina, the second meeting in the last three weeks. The day after Christmas, the Bucs had won 32-6 against the Panthers. Well, now it was a matchup against Sam Darnold and company, and they came in really struggling. They had lost again since the Buccaneer defeat. They had lost six straight times. But let's give the Panthers credit. Because they took the opening toss and they were able to convert a couple of third downs. They even converted a fourth down and moved into scoring range and got an early score here. It is second and goal from the two. The blocking back sprints out to the right in motion. Darnold drops, blitz on. They flip left. It is caught. It is Hubbard and he's in. Touchdown, Carolina. On a short pass into the left flat as Hubbard got into the corner of the end zone for the first points of the day. Carolina did have a lot of success getting the ball to the back, out of the backfield. In that case, Chuba Hubbard able to score from two yards out in the early 7-0 advantage for Carolina. But this is, this is not unfamiliar territory for the Buccaneers in each of the last two games. The win in Carolina, they fell behind 3-0. The game against the Jets, they were behind 7-0. They were behind 14-7, behind the whole game. Only led in the final seconds on the Brady touchdown to Cyril Grayson. So that's not anything new. Uh, the, the Buccaneers knew that they would have a chance, have some opportunities on offense to make some plays as this game went on, but a three and out to start the game. So then the Panthers get the ball back, and the Buccaneer pass rush begins to take effect early on in the game right here. Chuba Hubbard, the running back, play action for Sam Darnold, looking left. He's under pressure, and Anthony Nelson has him for the sack. And the young man out of Iowa, who has had a sack in each of the previous two games, now has the hat trick. Again, forgive the fact that I'm usually throwing to Mean Gene Deckerhoff, the Hall of Famer, on the calls. You're hearing more of TJ on the Nothing But Bucks podcast filling in for Mean Gene as Anthony Nelson got that sack, the first sack of the day. And as I mentioned on the call, three straight weeks for Anthony Nelson with a sack as this team has gone deep on the, on the depth chart at a lot of different positions, including pass rushing ends. And Nelson gets that sack. Well, the Panthers kept the drive alive again, and they're looking for more points up 7-0. Eventually here with nothing to lose, having lost six straight. They're going for it on fourth down. Final play of the first quarter, low snap. Big pressure by the Bucks. Darnold firing down the left sideline. A leaping try is incomplete. Carlton Davis broke the pass up from DJ Moore, and the Buccaneers have held on fourth down. How much better has this secondary been with Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy bunting the two starters back healthy and in there together as Davis makes that pass break up? stopping D.J. Moore from being able to come up with the catch, and the Bucks take over and finally put a drive together. They get that drive into Carolina territory. It eventually leads to a Ryan suck-up field goal, and that cuts the lead to 7-3. to three. Once again, though, Carolina the ball back. Darnold, the former number one pick, you know, he's, he's had a roller coaster year. They trade for him in Carolina. He eventually has a concussion early on in the year and is replaced. Uh, eventually a shoulder injury, and they, they go ahead and sign Cam Newton, their former NFL MVP, their former number one overall pick. Newton, obviously, at the end of his career. Newton got several of the starts in November and December, could not really get a lot going, especially throwing the ball. The Panthers aren't winning. 
So a couple of weeks ago, they turned back to Sam Darnold with his shoulder back healthy, playing in the Buccaneer game in relief of Newton. They played both quarterbacks. Still didn't work out for the win. Darnold played the whole game in New Orleans last week, played well at times. They didn't win against the Saints in the Superdome. So he was back moving the ball again. And again, the the Panthers are knocking on the door to add more points here. And Matt Rule elects to go for it on fourth down inside the two-yard line. The Panthers needed about a foot here to get a first down. Here's the way it sounded. Hubbard is the running back. It's a tight formation. The Bucs have eight men on the line of scrimmage. And in motion to the left, Darnold tries to sneak up the middle. I don't know if he got it. It's close. Bodies everywhere. It will depend on the spot down near the one. Again, he only needed about a foot. Devin White is there, and he may be short. He is short by about six inches. Incredible job by the Buccaneers. Again on a fourth down quarterback sneak. Fourth down stop for that Buccaneer defense as they measure, and it does come up short. Again, Matt Rule did not learn from what the Jets did not do successfully last week when Robert Sala, the coach, tried the quarterback sneak on fourth down inside the 10-yard line in the final uh, two minutes of the game or the final two and a half minutes of the game. That didn't work. Great push up front from the Buccaneer defense in New York. Seven days later, same thing. Vita Vea, Will Golston, Dominican Sue, everybody pushing up front, keeping Sam Darnold from getting the first down. And then the Buccaneers would finally ignite. They would get out of their own end and finally get some offense going late in the first half, including right here. Brady calls for the ball, fires over the middle, complete. Evans, 20. Evans makes a man miss to the 30. Upfield to the 40, breaks another tackle, 45. And Mike Evans with the game of the day for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's officially a 37-yard catch and run for Evans, the biggest play of the date. Uh, of the game, as I mentioned right there on the call, uh, there with Anthony Beck filling in for Gene and Dave. And so you move into scoring territory. Rashad Perryman makes a great toe-tap catch down inside the five-yard line. The Buccaneers hurry up to the line of scrimmage, run, run a quick run play, uh, get down inside the one, and then eventually call timeout to stop the clock and have an opportunity right here to make something happen and get in the end zone for the first time. With 25 seconds left, no huddle for the Bucs at the one of Carolina. Bell is still the back. Tight formation, play action. Brady rolls right, flips to Bell. Le'Veon Bell, touchdown Buccaneers. And in honor of Gene Deckerhoff, fire them cannons. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell's first touchdown as a Buccaneer gives the Bucs the lead. And as it turns out, the lead for good on the one-yard catch just before halftime. How about 92 yards from Tom Brady and company in the two-minute drill uh, to get the touchdown at the end of the half of the Carolina game? It was 93 yards the previous game against the Jets in the final two minutes without a timeout to win the game. Follow it up in the two-minute drill again for the greatest of all time. He leads the two-minute drill surgical. And you knew the Buccaneers were getting the ball to start the second half. Uh, so that was a big momentum boost. I know Bruce Arians said to us, hey, we had to have those plays, get some momentum, and now the defense has got a lockdown on first down and early downs. Well, that's exactly what the defense would do in the second half. But the first thing would be get the offense back rolling, which the Bucks did here on the opening drive of the second half. This would be a second-half theme. Brady to his favorite target, Rob Gronkowski. 
No huddle, Brady shotgun snap against pressure, fires down the middle, complete to Gronk. 50, Carolina 40, breaks a tackle wide open down to the 35. They saw something there on the hurry up, and Rob Gronkowski right down the seam of the Carolina D. How many times, dozens, dozens, probably hundreds now, have we heard about that connection, Brady to Gronk. It was a thrill to get to call it uh, there uh, in place of Gene on Sunday as Rob Gronkowski just repeatedly found open space over the middle. Carolina's defense has been banged up, especially in the secondary. Linebackers losing Gronk in coverage. So the Bucks move into scoring range again and have another opportunity, goal to go, running the no huddle and cash in. Go no huddle, they're gonna once again trigger the play quickly. They hand to Vaughn, he slams through the middle, untouched. Touchdown, Buccaneers. Just three minutes into the second half, the Bucks are in the end zone for the second time and have extended the lead. Keyshawn Vaughn from just a yard out again, playing in place of Ronald Jones with the injured ankle. Jones inactive, you remember Leonard Fournette's on the injured list, on injured reserve with the hamstring. Go to the third string running back, Keyshawn Vaughn running for some tough yards in this game gets the touchdown, you extend the lead to 17-7, you're feeling much better about things. And then it's time to start keeping track of records and what's gonna happen with all the different records. That includes this catch by Mike Evans in the third quarter. Three receivers left and one of the right out of the shotgun. You hear Brady calling signals. Four-man front comes at him, quick toss right side, catch by Mike Evans, and Evans up to the 22-yard line on that short gain and Mike is slow getting up. Sometimes you get that shock, that initial thing, it kind of numbs you up, then all of a sudden you squeeze it out a little bit and it comes back. So he's up, he's walking, he looks like he's reaching and grabbing. I think he's going to be okay. With that catch, they're now making the recognition on the video boards at Raymond James Stadium. The crowd rises for a standing ovation from Mike Evans, who has become the first receiver in the history of the NFL with eight consecutive seasons of a thousand yards or more to start their career. It does come in a 17th game. Yeah. There'll be debate about all the records for all time now when they're broken, but it counts for Mike Evans. And again, you look at all of the great uh, receivers, especially in the modern era of football, like Jerry Rice or like uh, Terrell Owens in the modern era and on and on uh, down the list of Michael Irvin, et cetera, et cetera, A.J. Green in the present day or DeAndre Hopkins. Nobody's ever had eight straight seasons to begin their career with 1,000 yards, so kudos to Mike Evans. All right, so Carolina deserves some credit because they moved the football and they're able to get a field goal to make the game 17-10. to 10. But the Bucs get the ball back and would go on another touchdown drive again. Tom Brady had a stretch where he completed 19 of 21 passes in the second half. This is a 62-yard, 11-play drive. Again, he finds Rob Gronkowski over the middle. They move into scoring range, and eventually again, goal to go. in zone here early on in the fourth quarter. Ready, looks over the defense. Calling for the ball here in a moment. Getting the protection set. Four on the play clock. Ready calls for the ball, has it, looks right side, throws right side, caught by Mike Evans, touchdown Buccaneers. Mike Evans' touchdown comes from four yards out and extends the lead to 23 to 10. 
three-yard touchdown to Mike Evans, and that sets the Buccaneers' single-season record for Mike Evans with 14 touchdowns. He's got another one coming in our highlights in a little bit here from Buccaneers Radio on the podcast. 14 touchdowns is the Buccaneers' single-season record. He broke his own record that he set a year ago behind Brady. Again, records falling every which direction uh, for the Buccaneers. Uh, To the Panthers' credit, they didn't give completely up at this point. Down 24-10. They drove down, got a fourth down touchdown on a great throw from Darnold to Robbie Anderson. But really, they were not going to win a firefight with the Buccaneers. Weapons against weapons in this game. And the Buccaneers just came right back, marching down the field, including Rob Gronkowski with another clutch catch here on this drive. One wide receiver deep to the left, a bunch formation to the right of three receivers. Brady takes the snap, looks, throws over the middle. Gronk has it up to the 35 to the 40, breaking tackles, running to the midfield stripe and down into Carolina territory. And Rob Gronkowski killing Carolina over the middle. Gronk just a fantastic day, finishing with seven catches, 137 yards, more incentives for him as well. And that would set things up again for the Buccaneers to get in the end zone again. And the Bucs rolling again at the 20-yard line of Carolina. Shotgun snap, lob down the left sideline. Evans is there. He's got it. That's touchdown number two. That's touchdown, Buccaneers. My goodness. Yeah, I just eventually had to utter goodness. You just you watch this team's explosiveness and even going to reserve players at running back or at receiver, it doesn't matter. Such a great job by the offensive line, too. We don't sing their praises enough. Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, Alex Kappa, Tristan Wirfs. Just giving Brady time to throw. He's the least sack quarterback in the league. Percentage to drop backs. Rarely gets hit. And the Buccaneers almost playing seven on seven, almost playing Madden football with the offense. The numbers just berserk as Evans hauls in that touchdown from 20 yards out, 31-17. You eventually get this takeaway on defense immediately to serve up some more points for the Bucs right here. Third and three, moving left. Abdullah remains the running back. He bobbled the snap, now kept it himself. And Sam Darnold is stopped, and it's a fumbled football, and the Buccaneers have it. I believe it's Antoine Winfield. Boy, that was botched from the beginning. And Sam Darnold's fumble gets in the hands of the Buccaneers' defensive back, Winfield, and that will all but seal this game. Wow. Nacho, Raheem Nunez-Rocha stripped that ball out. Antoine Winfield fell on it. One of two Tampa Bay takeaways on the day. The defense clamping down on the Panthers. Brady and the offense doing the rest in this game, uh, including this moment where Rob Gronkowski had already gotten one half million dollar incentive for his yards on the season. And the Bucks were very well aware of this coming into the game, trying to get him more incentive money right here. Gronkowski in motion to the left. Brady fires to the left and Gronk has it at the 25 and down to the 20. And Anthony Beck's got an arm up because what does that mean? Cha-ching. I think the Geico exit, I see the brink truck backing up. He's going <laughs> to dive in his bag of cash. Listen, that play was planned, orchestrated. The same thing. I did that several years ago. They threw him out, and look, they're taking him out of the game. Yep. Everybody's coming out of the game. And that means that Gronkowski has his catch bonus. The crowd cheers. He comes out. Number 12 is going to come out. Again, moving forward in the playoffs, good luck to the Eagles this week or anybody else trying to stop all the Buccaneer weapons. 
with Evans on the outside. I know I know the Bucks have lost Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown no longer around, but you still have guys that can get open. Rashad Perriman. Uh, we're even going to have a highlight from Scotty Miller coming up here. I know Cyril Grayson got hurt in the game, but you want to try to double some of these guys, you're going to leave the middle open for Rob Gronkowski. And if you, even if you're trying to double him, he's going to find ways to get open uh, on routes over the middle, on double moves, with Brady being patient. And again, another half mil. As I said on the call with Anthony Beck, cha-ching uh, for another half mil as they got him his incentives. A lot of people making uh, uh, a conversation on the internet and stuff Sunday night and Monday morning that Tom Brady was going back in the game to make sure that Gronk got that last catch, and he did there late in the game. It would lead to a Ryan suck-up field goal to make the game 34-17. The Bucs then held the Panthers on downs. And speaking of Scotty Miller, again, he's battled injury this year, but some explosiveness from him late in this game as the Buccaneer offensive avalanche continued in the fourth quarter. Along with Gabbard and some backup offensive linemen, too, they pitched to Scotty Miller, racing around the right end, 45, down to the 30, down to the 20, racing to the 10. Scotty Miller leaping towards the end zone to the feet stay in. It is a touchdown, or is he down? They signal touchdown. Will they say he's out of bounds? Miller is in for the touchdown for the moment. He did stay in bounds. It is a 33-yard touchdown, you know, for the play-by-play guy. And Gene is victimized by this all the time. It's always great when one official is signaling out of bounds and the other is signaling touchdown, and they're talking on their microphones to the referee. Just call it a touchdown. And fire those cannons off is right for Scotty Miller's 33-yard run, the longest run of the day. Scotty Miller ended up being the, the uh, Bucks' leading rusher on the day, too, in terms of yardage. He had another reverse later on in the game to add up on the yards. Bucks would get a late interception from Andrew Adams, would, uh, at the end of the game, run the clock down. Ryan Suckup ended up missing a field goal where he slipped on the turf. We're glad that he's okay. But this game ends at 41-17, and the Buccaneers clinch that 13th win. And as it turns out, would clinch the number two seed getting help. We saw throughout the fourth quarter the San Francisco 49ers mounting a comeback, give them a lot of credit. They were fighting for their playoff lives in L.A., but the Rams were leading 17 to nothing. The Rams blew a 17-0 lead at home to cost themselves the number two seed. And what that means is they'll have to be on the road somewhere, provided they win week one in the playoffs against the Cardinals. Whether that somewhere is Tampa Bay, whether that somewhere is Green Bay, we won't know. It determines by whether the 49ers win or not. If the 49ers win this coming week with the Cowboys, the 49ers are the team going to Green Bay. And in that case, the Rams-Cardinals winner would come here. If Dallas wins the game, then the Dallas Cowboys would come to Tampa Bay with the Buccaneer victory over Philadelphia. We'll explain more of this on the playoffs coming up. But again, the Bucs are scoreboard watching late. Uh, they, they did not have the score in Raymond James Stadium up on the boards, but I know the players were getting updates, I'm sure, down on the sideline. We were giving the updates on Buccaneers Radio. The game went into overtime where the 49ers kicked a field goal, and then the Bucks by this time are in the locker room watching on the big screen with coaches, the ownership group, the Glazer family in the locker room all watching, and we could hear the roar go up when San Francisco got the interception to seal the win in overtime, the three-point win that gave them the victory to go into the playoffs and knocked the Rams out of the two-seed. Kudos. Good on Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, the Hall of Famer, the Buccaneer Ring of Honor member, Super Bowl winner with the Buccaneers. He was pumping his fist at SoFi Stadium, and rightfully so. The Niners in the playoffs, great stretch run for them to get into the playoffs. 
And now they will play the Dallas Cowboys, so that helped the Bucks out. So that was the scene in the locker room with all the roaring and cheering, and then it was time for our Hooters postgame show, including Coach Bruce Arians talking to us about a 13th win, Tom Brady's success, records falling, and now the playoffs as well. It was a bit of a slow start. You got it turned around, and once you did, you stomped on the accelerator and won big. What was the key, or maybe a couple of keys, to the turnaround? I think the big key for us was that drive right before the half. That was a big, big catch by Bashard Perriman, and getting that touchdown, uh, coming in with the lead. And uh, second half, I thought offensively we played uh, as best as we've had in a while. Uh, but, you know, we always talk about finish, start fast, finish strong. If we can do both, I'd rather finish strong. That sequence where you go 92 yards this time. Last week you ended with a 93-yard drive in the two-minute drill. This time 92 yards in the final two minutes. And then get the ball, come right out of the locker room, and in a three-minute drive, like lightning, hit them again. Just describe those two drives and what it did for your momentum. Yeah, that's the whole – when you defer on the kickoff, that's what you're hoping for. You're hoping for a double score. And very seldom – your winning percentage goes way up when you get a double score. And great finish to the half and great start to the second half. Rob Gronkowski. I mean, there's going to be so much made of your guys making plays. Gronkowski, though, finishes with seven catches, 137 yards. Why was he having so much success in this game? A lot of zone coverage in the middle of the field. And, uh, you know, he was, just, he was just wearing it out. Tom was finding him. And uh, they had one of their corners go down. I think they played a lot of cover, too. But uh, it just let him wide open down the middle. You know, it's almost, this is a good thing. It, it has almost become so repetitive that you can almost take for granted that Brady and Gronkowski are going to do this. But still, they, they just continue to deliver. Brady at 44, Gronk in his, in his 30s. Uh, they just, they look like vintage Brady and Gronk today. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's that Florida heat, baby. And uh, they love that Florida heat. This is a beautiful January day. Some accolades. Tom Brady over 300 yards again in this game. He goes over 5,000 yards, the oldest player in the history of the NFL to go over 5,000 yards. He's going to end up with the passing yards and completions title for this year. Can you say enough about what he's meant all year and what he's meant today? Yeah, if he's not the MVP, it's, uh, the, the vote is skewed. I mean, that's ridiculous if he's not the MVP. And again, uh, Mike Evans also with a couple of touchdowns. Say a couple of words about him, if you would, because this is eight straight years with 1,000 yards for Mike. Yeah, Mike's, uh, Mike leads that room, and he's the most unselfish player we have. And, uh, you know, that, that, that speaks volume when, when, you know, he shares his catches all year. Now he's the guy, and uh, when, it, when it's time to step up, nobody's going to step up bigger than Mike. Defensively, what did you do better? You credit Carolina, they kept battling. What did you do better, especially in the second half, to slow them down and neutralize them and take it away a couple yeah, times? Yeah, I did a better job on first down, getting them in third and longer yardage and then uh, they, they attempted all those fourth down stops and fourth down stops were just like turnovers and we got a bunch of them. This is a team definitely playing with confidence at the end of the year. Okay, let's get to the fun stuff. You have just gotten the benefit of the San Francisco 49ers beating the LA Rams. That means you are the two seed. It guarantees if you get a win next week, you're back home for week two of the playoffs. What was this scene like? We heard the roars through the door. What was the scene like with the team watching it, ownership watching it, and you watching it as well, Coach? Yeah, it was fantastic, man. It's, um, you know, to, to get our victory and um, set ourselves up and, uh, and just – Root like hell for the for the Niners, and, and they came through, and it was uh, very jubilant in our locker room. You have been through a lot of these as a head coach in different places. What is it, How gratifying is it to take care of your business and then get the help that you need, like it happened tonight? Yeah, you always can't count on the help, but it's great when it happens. And uh, I can't say enough about Jason and, and uh, Spytech and everybody. You know, we've had a ton of injuries this year, and, and the roster that they put together, 
uh, we just continue winning. Let me ask you about a couple of those. Cyril Grayson left the game and could not return, and also Jamel Dean left the game late. Do we have any update at this hour on their situations? Uh, Cyril's a hamstring. We don't know how bad. Uh, I don't think Dean pulled his. His was tight, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. We'll check on those. How optimistic, now that we look ahead towards the playoffs, how optimistic are you that you can get a Levante David, a Leonard Fournette, and maybe a Shaq Barrett back coming up? Well, I think we'll get Shaq, JPP, hopefully Levante, Lenny for sure. We'll get all those guys back. And we've got Aaron Stinney back this week. So, um, yeah, we've got almost everybody back that, uh, next week. I do not have it in front of me, but I believe it is sorted out. I'm not sure who the playoff opponent is going to be. We don't know the day either. It could be Saturday. It could be Sunday. It could be Monday night. Is this one of those where you enjoy this win and we think it's Philadelphia in the in the process that'll be confirmed. Do you just go to work tonight on the playoffs? Do you, you relax a little bit for an hour or two tonight or how will that work? No, we'll do our normal week and, uh, and we're pretty sure we're going to play Philly. And um, so we'll wait and see But uh, what day it is. If it's Saturday, we'll be in Tuesday. If it's Sunday, we'll be in Wednesday. And hopefully it's not Monday night. Coach, there are a lot of Buck fans that are obviously listening to this now and later on. Say something to them. They were out in full force. You delivered in front of them and got a 13th win. Congratulations. That's a franchise record. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was. I wasn't shocked, but man, when we when we kicked off and I saw that crowd, I was like, wow. We we this is awesome. It was all red, and uh, man, they were great. They were awesome fans, and uh, two home games hopefully, and uh, get louder and louder. 41-17, the final as it completes the season sweep for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, over the Carolina Panthers. A 13-win season, 13-4, first time ever that the Bucs have won 13 games. They previously won 12 in the Super Bowl 02 season, again, a 16-game season that year. And the Buccaneers actually won the opening playoff game after a bye against the San Francisco 49ers before winning in Philadelphia. Over the Eagles. The Bucks do have a couple of wins over the Philadelphia Eagles. More on that in a couple of moments. All right, let's get back to our Hooters postgame show and some of the accolades again that were falling in this game from different players. Uh, again, give credit to Rob Gronkowski for the way that he's played again off injury. I haven't mentioned this on the podcast. He, he suffered broken ribs and a punctured lung, came back. He had a great uh, finish of the year. Mike Evans has had some injuries down the stretch of the season, including a hamstring. His uh, arm bothering him in that game yesterday. He had some great moments. And how about Scotty Miller? Let's hear from him in our conversation last night. As Scotty Miller scored on that reverse, he may be counted on as a receiver in these playoff games coming up. Uh, here you go from Sunday night after the win over Carolina. Well, again, the Buccaneers have won 41-17 over the Carolina Panthers. And a guy that helped electrify this crowd in the second half is Scotty Miller. Good to have Scotty Miller back. Good to have him here on the Hooters postgame show. Congratulations on the victory. I was just uh, asking the head coach this. I'd love to have your opinion as well. How did this thing flip around late in the first half where you guys got momentum and then just stomped on the gas? Um, I think we knew we, you know, we had a great game plan and we were ready. We had a great week of practice. We were ready to go. So it's just a matter of time, really, before we got going. Um, we knew eventually everything was going to click. Um, and then there in the second half, we came out. Actually, it started right before the, right at the end of the first half with that two-minute drive. Kind of got things going in a little no huddle, found something that was working for us, and, and just kept that up in the second half. I love asking this. You've now done it for a couple of seasons. What is it like to be out there with Tom Brady late in the first half, surgical in the two-minute drill, all through the second half, passes right on the money over and over again, but not just that, Scotty, in the meeting room, on the practice field. What is this like as it comes to fruition and you see wins on Sunday? 
Yeah, I mean, it's really better than a dream come true, you know, playing with the best best player of all time. Um, he, uh, he's just so amazing, amazing in every single facet of the game, on the field, off the field. He gets, uh, gets the whole team ready, offense, defense, everybody, extra meetings. He just puts in more work than anybody, um, and he's also done more than anybody, which really, really makes him so special. Anyone in his position could, you know, just chill and, and just be here for fun, but he wants to win every single day. Let's get to the fun one for you. You get the ball on a flip in the fourth quarter and come around the right end. Tell me what you saw, because you had some defenders kind of in the way in the alley, and then you made a lot happen there. Describe the play. Yeah, I mean, really great blocking by the team. Great call. You know, thankful for the coaches for calling that. Um, and then just, I think Hainsey it was. I was coming down the, coming around the edge, and uh, I saw big Hainsey in front of me. Uh, he did a great <laughs> job. I, all I had to do was follow. I just, wherever he gave me the, uh, wherever his butt was facing, I went that way. Uh, he did a great job. So really all credit to him and, and Cam Braid also coming around and, and giving me a good block as well. You ended up being the leading rusher tonight. A couple of people are congratulating you for that. This was, this has been a struggle. You battled the turf toe to get back and tell me more about the grind and having to hang in there like you have and now have an opportunity to play late in the year because of it. Yeah, individually, it's been a trying year for sure. Um, but I just try and stay ready every single day um, and just just stay focused um, because I know I, I just try to control what I can control. I can't control you know how many targets, how many snaps I get, but I can control what I do with the ones I do get. Um, so just trying to be my best on, a, on an everyday basis. Can you say enough about that receiving room, which has been depleted at times with injuries, et cetera, and yet guys can, like you continue to step up. Rashad Perriman, Tyler Johnson there again today making some catches. Whoever it is, Cyril Grayson, mm -hmm. can you say something about the depth and the attitude in that room? Yeah, we got a crew. Uh, you know, obviously at the beginning of the year, we thought we had the best room in the league um, with all the guys we had. You know, some guys obviously gone now or injured, but, uh, but we still believe that we got the best guys out there. You know, with all the guys you mentioned, we're, we're a really talented group, but a group that works hard every day um, and just, just tries to be at our best for Tom and for the offense and for the team. Um, so we, uh, and we, we love to go out there and make, make stuff happen. So uh, we, uh, we got a good group. Two more. Mike Evans, two more touchdowns, breaks his own single season receiving touchdown record with his 13th and his 14th ones today. Bruce Aarons just said to us, leader in that room, what does it mean to be in the room with Mike Evans, please? Oh my goodness, Mike is amazing. Ever since I came in, he's taken me under his wing. Really, he's him and CJ are the two leaders in our group. Um, and just playing under Mike and beside Mike is, is so special. I'm so grateful and blessed to have that opportunity. I learned so much from him on the field with the stuff he does, even though we're different type of players and also off the field. Um, football off the field wise, with just taking care of your body and the way he prepares and comes to practice every single day. And then just what he does you know, in the community and all, all the stuff he does to help out others. Okay, so you've done a lot of cool things, uh, including a touchdown, obviously, in the NFC title game, won a Super Bowl. There are neat moments, and sometimes things are out of your control. This team wins for a 13th win, needs help from the 49ers. What was that locker room like there a few minutes ago where you guys are watching the 49ers win in overtime that gives this team the second seed? Teammates, coaches, ownership, everybody celebrate. What was that like? Yeah, everybody, in, everyone was in there watching it. Uh, and then when uh, we saw the, the 49ers got that interception, we were all excited, jumping up and down and knowing now that hopefully we're only going to L.A. one time this offseason instead of twice. <laughs> I love that. 33 yards officially on his reverse for the uh, final touchdown of the day, 24-point fourth quarter for the Bucks. Again, they broke a franchise record. Here we go again uh, with uh, another 41 points, the most points in franchise history by virtue of the 41 that they got yesterday. Again, that's 17 games. They broke the record from a year ago in 16 games. Points, points everywhere 
from this team with Tom Brady and company. Uh, continuing on our Hooters postgame show, let's hear from Anthony Nelson. Again, a sack in each of the last three games. Defense came up large, especially from the second quarter on, getting stops. Here is that conversation as well. This team, again, grabbed this game in the second half. What were you doing well to stuff Carolina on defense and let Brady and the offense just take over and go to work? Yeah, we were flying around, uh, made some adjustments to what they were doing in the first half. and uh, But it's really just our energy on defense. We uh, started a little slow, and we really picked it up in the second half, flying around, making plays, and uh, you know Brady did his thing. It is no secret that you've been counted on more with the injuries to JPP, to Shaq Barrett not being in there. You delivered another sack today. You and Joe Tryon, Shoyinka on the ends have had to step up in that room. What has that been like for you to see a lot of playing time and go out there and make some plays? It's always fun to be out there flying around, um, you know, playing with the guys. And uh, it's the next man up. Uh, the expectations don't change. Uh, Shaq's a great player. JP's a great player. So I'm just trying to live up to that and uh, make, make a couple plays like I know they would. What was the conversation, uh, especially after that great drive at the end of the first half? You get the lead 10-7. They're, they're going to take the ball on offense. You go get that drive. What's being said about, about the defense, the mentality, now that you're up 17-7 when you came back out on the field in the third quarter? Yeah, this is, this is our opportunity. This is an opportunity to, to stop them and really shift the momentum uh, so we can get this one under control and uh, uh, get some momentum going into the playoffs. Exactly what this team did, including a couple of takeaways uh, late in this one. Can you say enough about the push in the middle? Vita Vea, the guy we just had on, Will Golston, Indomitian Sue. Today, Nacho is there. Raheem Nunez Rocha, Steve McClendon is there. It doesn't get done on the ends without what happens in the middle, right? Absolutely, yeah. What you said is so important, man. Those guys give a push, uh, allow us to, to fly up the field and, uh, and, and create havoc. But, yeah, those guys in the middle, uh, there's nobody better in the league uh, up the middle than, than those guys we got right now. All right, fun one. You're now the two seed in the playoffs. Philadelphia is coming here. We don't know if it's a Saturday game, Anthony, a Sunday game, or a Monday game. The league will announce that later tonight. Any first thought here that it's a rematch with the Eagles and you get them at home this time? Um, I would say this, it's always hard to beat a team twice, but you know, we're excited for that challenge. And uh, getting, to, getting to play them at home this time, is, uh, it's going to be fun. And I'm, I'm really excited. And uh, you know, can't wait to hear when we play. And, and can't wait to uh, see the Bucks fans uh, pack this place again next weekend and hopefully get a win. And folks, if this defense is able to get Levante David back healthy in the middle, Shaq Barrett and hopefully Jason Pierre-Paul, one or both on the defensive ends, look out what this team can do with the defensive backs and the back end back healthy. Uh, for the most part, Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Jamel Dean, Jordan Whitehead, Antoine Winfield, get that unit back together. Devin White in the middle as well with Sue and Vita Vea, who just got that brand new contract extension here on the final week of the regular season. In the middle, William Golston, uh, Nacho, those guys pushing through the middle like we were talking about there with Anthony Nelson. This defense is going to be ready to go, starting with this Eagles game. Get it healthy. See how much better it will be. All right, record-setting day all over the place. Let's hear more from Tom Brady first on getting the win, the most important thing, getting the two seed, and then getting some accolades and some records, including some incentives for his guys. Tom, congratulations on the win. 13 wins on a season, never been done here before. I wanted to ask you, you know, the game ended and, and you didn't know the outcome of the Rams-San Francisco game. What was that? like kind of waiting for them and, and, and watching it with your teammates and having the number two seed in the NFC? I'd say, uh, you know, in the end, it's a, it's a great achievement um, to, to get the two seed. And um, 
you know, it just felt good to win today. So whatever happened, you know, with other teams, you can't never control any of those things. And even for the next game, you know, I don't know what you're worried about two games from now. I'm not worried about two games from now. I'm worried about one game from now, which is the Eagles. So I don't care if, you know, the Rams would have won, you know, that's all right. We still got the Eagles and that's going to be the biggest game of our season. And if we win, whoever we play, wherever we play, we're still going. And that's what we want to do. Tom Bruce talks so much about the, the chance to score twice when you score before halftime and coming out of halftime. And that really changed the game tonight. Just, just those two drives and how much it helps you guys take control of the game. So good. You know, when you get a double score like that and 14 points, they don't touch the ball. It's pretty good. So um, guys made a bunch of big plays. Gronk obviously played great. Uh, Mike played huge. Everybody made plays. BP made plays. Scotty made plays. Cam made plays. OJ did. Uh, Keyshawn did. Le'Veon did. Um, we had the whole, you know, the, everyone who was out there contributed. So that's what we're going to need. I mean, we got, you know, we got, a, we got a tough group of guys and hopefully we can get some reinforcements in next week. Um, and, you know, go from there. Hey, Tom, how, how nice was it after the first three possessions and the struggles you had on offense that things all, all of a sudden started clicking and you were able to kind of hit some uh, personal milestones with uh, guys on the team reaching their bonuses and also some records for, you know, like Mike Evans? I think everyone's happy for those guys because they've had incredible years and they've just been incredible uh, contributors to what we're trying to accomplish. Great teammates just come to work every day, just working their tail off. So Gronk's had an incredible year. Mike's had an incredible year. Um, a lot of guys have. Obviously, Chris was having an incredible year. So um, a lot of guys really stepped up to the challenge. And today I got off to a little bit of a rough start, but found a way to get some rhythm. And when we do that, you know, it's it, it's pretty good. So did a good job taking care of the football today. Did a good job with penalties. Good job in the red area. Um, good job on third down. So um, we're going to have to keep it going. I mean, all these now at this point really doesn't make that much much of a deal at this point. We're at, we're at everyone's at the same point, And we got to win one game. And, uh, you know, it's against a really good football team who's playing really well lately. It's staggering, folks. Over 5,000 yards passing for the second time in his career. Only he and Drew Brees have done that multiple times in NFL history. I mean, think about that. It has become more of a pass-happy league, but Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, uh, Dan Marino never got to 5,000 yards multiple times. Uh, Plus, Brady finishes with 43 touchdowns. Ridiculous. 44 years of age, he still got it. He still got all the throws. Uh, It's incredible to watch what this team can do with him at the controls and the Bucks able to get the win. Speaking of big plays and big moments, let's go to Gronk as he spoke with the media as well about his seven-catch, 137-yard day. Incentives, yes, but victory, yes, too, for the Buccaneers. There was a lot at stake in this game, including the number two seed. How aware they didn't have it on the scoreboard for a while. What was it like kind of waiting to see you know, what was going to happen in the other game and, and where you guys are right now. Well, first off, uh, coach told us that he wasn't even going to have the game or the score um, of that game on during our game, uh, which makes total sense. I mean, we had to do what we had to do. We had to take care of business first, because if we didn't take care of business, you know, we would have never gotten the number two seed. Uh, so when we took care of business, uh, we had the game, you know, and, uh, um, you know, wrapped up uh, under the fourth quarter. They put the game on. Uh, we had the other game in here in the locker room and, uh, and it went our way, uh, which is amazing. You know, and we took care of business though. And that's what really matters is that we did what we had to do. And then the rest took care of itself. And now we got the number two seed, uh, which is really cool. 
Hey, Rob, the first three possessions, you guys only generated 48 yards of offense, and then things just exploded. What ignited this offense that finished with 409 yards and 41 points on the board? Yeah, I mean, the first, you know, couple drives uh, were pretty crappy, no doubt about that. And, you know, we can't have that, you know, going forward. Um, every game from here on out is do or die. It's going to be the playoffs, and that's going to hurt us big time if we go out there and we have three drives for 20 yards in the playoffs. So we got to clean that up big time. And then uh, we just, you know, woke up, I would say. We just woke up as an offense and just started firing, you know, hitting, hitting the open guys, you know, getting the run game going. And uh, we are just, you know, flat the first three possessions. And uh, we can't have that happen if we want to win um, in the playoffs. Rob, I know everything starts with the team success today, but for you individually, you hit two big incentives today that were season-long incentives that you hit in a season where you basically missed six games with injury. Just want to ask you how much that means and, and how nice it was to get that in the last game here as part of a win. Yeah, I mean, it was really nice to get it. I mean, first off, mo the most important thing is obviously getting the win, um, but, you know, hitting in the centers is cool, and uh, the Buccaneers are, you know, great organization and uh, putting me in a position to where I can hit those incentives, uh, which is awesome. You know, love playing here, uh, love playing, you know, for this organization. And uh, it's cool to hit those, you know, it's, it's going to, you know, going to have to bring out, you know, all the tight ends out the dinner, a couple of the quarterbacks. I don't bring Tom. I'm going to bring the backup quarterbacks out the dinner and, uh, <laughs> and all that good stuff. Maybe my coach out the dinner, uh, you know, everyone's expecting a little handout, but uh, you know, I can't do it without my team. No doubt about that. I can't do it without my fellow tight ends, without my coach, uh, without my, you know, offensive line out there. So without all, all the, you know, coaches. So it was cool to hit it, but uh, in, you know, celebrate a little bit, but we got a playoff. So that's going to be what we're going to be looking forward to most from here on out. 41-17 the final, and that guy's going to be a huge key. Again, uh, it's such a, a trust factor with he and Tom Brady in the clutch, third down, red zone, end zone, whatever it is. This team just continues to make things happen offensively and click with TD after TD. And Gronkowski, as we described in the highlights, uh, just clobbering Carolina down the middle of their defense. That is going to be a problem, to say the least, for the Eagles and hopefully numerous other Buccaneer playoff opponents upcoming. Okay, so all of that from our Hooters postgame show and the coverage uh, there as well, talking with the media for Brady and for Gronkowski. That sets the stage for what's going to happen next, and that is the wild card weekend of the NFL playoffs. As mentioned, the Buccaneers to play the Philadelphia Eagles. We've seen a lot of recent history with the Eagles, including a win earlier this year on Thursday night against Philadelphia. They've improved some down the stretch of the season, winning six of their final eight games. We should point out the Eagles did not beat a team that finished with a winning record all year. The seven of their wins, um, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, all nine of their victories, as it turns out, uh, were wins against teams without a winning record. And uh, they ended up being 0-7 in games with winning records, games with teams with winning records, including the Buccaneers. So Philadelphia's got a tall task to come in here and try to stop that Buccaneer offense and get a win on the road. Buccaneers obviously defeated the Philadelphia Eagles very famously in the NFC Championship game in Philadelphia in 2 They also have the first-ever playoff win in franchise history at the expense of Ron Jaworski and the Eagles. Leroy Selman had three sacks that day. Doug Williams, Ricky Bell, 100-yard rushing day. And the Bucks' first-ever playoff win came against the Eagles. Of course, the Eagles also had a couple of playoff wins against the Buccaneers under Tony Dungy after the 2000 and the 2001 seasons. 
But in the recent history of this of this series, Buccaneers have gotten wins over Philly. Remember, Fitzmagic had the 400-yard pass day in the 2018 season in the home opener that year. Jameis Winston had a five-touchdown game against uh, Chip Kelly's Philadelphia Eagles in Philly back in the 2015 season. So we've seen some success against Philadelphia, including earlier this year when Brady uh, and his weapons uh, hooked up to beat the Eagles on Thursday night football. Did enough damage, and then the defense held on in the fourth quarter, stopping Jalen Hurts and company. Again, Nick Sirianni is the first-year coach. No playoff experience. That's advantage Buccaneers. Tom Brady against Jalen Hurts in the quarterback comparison. Are you kidding me? There's no comparison there. Buccaneers have the home game. Uh, it's very interesting that they are heavily favored here. Again, you got to take care of business and be on point. And I understand, Buccaneer fans, your concern about the starts to games because it's happened each of the last four games, the loss to the Saints, the two games with the Panthers, and the game in New York where you've started slow. Again, I say like I began the podcast. If you're going to start slow and then explode with all the points and still win the game, take that as the trade-off. I I would take that more than starting off with great offense and a lot of points and then fizzling and fading and losing the game. And you would too. The Buccaneers have been the better team in the fourth quarter each of the last three weeks and really the second half or fourth quarter virtually all year long they've been the better team, especially offensively. Now load up and get this done with the Eagles. So the wild card weekend begins on Saturday with AFC playoff teams. On Sunday, the Bucs will start a triple header playing the Eagles in the early game at 1. Cowboys and 49ers will come Sunday afternoon in Dallas in that playoff matchup. That's the 3 against the 6. And the NFC playoffs on Monday night will see the Rams and Cardinals rematch in Los Angeles after two regular season meetings that they split with the Cardinals uh, having won in L.A. early in the year, but then the Rams repaid them on Monday night football with a win in the desert back uh, a few weeks ago. And again, for Arizona, we haven't mentioned this on the podcast, Arizona had only to beat Seattle, who was eliminated from the playoffs at home, and Arizona would have been hosting this playoff game. The Rams would have slid all the way from the two spot to the five spot and would have been on the road at Arizona But give Russell Wilson and the Seahawks credit as they battled and won on the road and cost the Cardinals a home playoff game. So Cardinals will play the Rams Monday night. So what does this mean for the NFL playoff picture? We don't know until we have winners. Again, we believe Buccaneers will get it done, will roll, we're optimistic. And then at that point, will it be the Cowboys? If the Cowboys win, it is the Cowboys that will come to Raymond James Stadium. If the 49ers win, the 49ers go to Green Bay. They will be the lowest-seeded team remaining, so they will go play uh, at that point the Green Bay Packers. Again, a buck win over the Eagles leaves San Francisco as the lowest-seeded team. If San Francisco wins, they go to Green Bay. Again, if the Cowboys win, then the lowest-seeded teams will be the Monday night teams, the Rams and the Cardinals, and whoever wins that game will go to Green Bay as it turns out. That's how big that 49er comeback was to put them in the playoffs and put the Rams on the road starting week two uh, in the playoffs. Uh, so they they now uh, know that that is their fate and most likely going to Green Bay for week two, depending on what happens. Here's what we know. We'll be on the air at noon on Sunday with the NFC wildcard playoff game. Gene and Dave slated to be back from COVID-19 protocols uh, to call the game. We're on the air doing all the pregame coverage at noon, the kickoff at 1. As uh, that uh, wildcard weekend playoff game starts the Saturday triple header slate, Cowboys and 49ers, followed by the Chiefs and the Steelers in the Sunday night late game 
uh, for the Sunday wildcard playoff weekend. And let's see what happens for Brady and company. Again, a win earlier this year over Philadelphia. Let's make it two straight over the Eagles. Let's give them more misery in the playoff history. We're looking forward to that as uh, the playoffs get underway this weekend. It's great to be talking about all of this. Great job as well by Anthony Beck. One more public acknowledgement here on the podcast on Nothing But Bucks that Anthony slid in for Dave Moore and did a fantastic job. It was odd. It was different. We understand that. But Anthony and I made it work. Uh, Many thanks as well to uh, our director of broadcasting, Jeff Ryan, to uh, Linda Ryan, and to Bill Hunt, our statistician. Mr. Excitement, Kevin Worcester was even given some sideline updates with injuries. We love that the entire Buccaneer crew. My thanks also to Jason Berenger of Buccaneers Radio and iHeartMedia helping me with the highlights and the interviews for all of this. Again, I love coming to you after the games. Let's do this several more times in the 2022 playoffs, the 2021 season, and here come the NFL playoffs for the upcoming month of January and then the Super Bowl in February. How does that sound, Buccaneer fans? Let's keep rolling, keep winning, and I'll keep doing postseason recaps Uh, here on Nothing But Bucks. For now, we're done. Buccaneers and Eagles on the wild card weekend. Playoffs upcoming. Get your tickets now. Here we go with the Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles in playoff action. We're on the air at noon Sunday on the Buccaneers Radio Network. Ronnie Lane and company, 98 Rock. 1 o'clock Eastern time is the call of the game. And we are back to recap hopefully a big playoff win and look ahead to the divisional round of the playoffs. That's all upcoming. Thank you for being with me from now off a 41-17 win that caps the Buccaneers' regular season at 13-4. Playoff time upcoming, and you've been listening to Nothing But Bucks.